consider him. Uh, because it's so easy to consider so many other things and be focused on so many other things. And if you consider all the other things, uh, you're not going to get uh, everything that God has for you. Uh, your relationship with him uh, will not be as vibrant or full of life or as vital as what God and Jesus paid the price for your relationship to be. Uh, if you consider other things, uh, you begin to look at them and then you begin to move towards them. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, you know, I, I said that when I first learned to drive, I considered the radio and so it was on the, my right side, so I started moving towards the ditch on the right side of the road. Thank the Lord it wasn't on the left side because I'd have gone into oncoming traffic. Um, but consider him. So what are you looking at? And what are you seeing? It remind me, reminds me of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. My son, uh, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from before your eyes. Keep, keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all of their flesh. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your words, that your words do bring us life, that your words have delivered us from all the power of the enemy. Father, we pray today as we approach your word that you'll open your word to us, that, that from your spirit that you will reveal and that you will um, show and that you will open up your very words of life to every one of us. Father, we thank you that you teach us and guide us and that your plan is not to hurt us, harm us, or keep us away, but your plan is to bless us, draw us near, and to give us uh, everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so... Uh, God doesn't want us just wandering around and wondering, wandering and wondering, uh, like, well, well, what's this all supposed to be and how's this all supposed to happen? No, he said, attend to my words. In other words, give attention to what I say. Why? That you may have life and health. In other words, if you give attention to what God says, it will affect your life. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 7 says, uh, but into the second went the high priest alone only once a year and not without blood, talking about the, the holiest place, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. And then verse 12, neither by the blood of bulls, or excuse me, goats and calves, this is speaking of Jesus, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having et obtained eternal redemption for us. Did you ever think about that? What that just said? That he, it's talking about the, the natural priest, the earthly priest, and they can only enter in the holy place once a year. And that was to obtain forgiveness of sins. Uh, but actually, uh, it, it, that would never purge your conscience from sins. Only the blood of Christ could do that, which is where we're going. But he didn't go, the priest went with the blood of goats and calves. But when Christ went, he went with his own blood. But when he went and when he entered into that place, he had already obtained eternal redemption for us. 
In other words, the blood that he took into the holiest place was hell tested. Like they took the blood of a perfect, supposedly spotless, sinless, natural lamb, but he took his own perfect blood as a lamb um, without spot or wrinkle. Uh, verse 14 says, How much more then shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot. You know, the, the actual uh, literal Greek says without fault. In other words, his blood and his life was faultless. There were no faults in his blood or in his life. But how much more shall that blood purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So we just, you know, finished singing that song, Worthy. How many of you feel worthy? How many of you are worthy? You ever have the thought like, oh, I need to pray right now, but uh, uh, I haven't been walking close with the Lord. I don't know if I'm worthy to go into the presence of God. I don't know if I, I'm worthy. I know Jesus is worthy, but I'm a little questioning whether I'm worthy because I, I know what I just did. I know what I just thought. I know where I just was. No, uh, don't consider uh, your own self. Consider him. And so the blood, the blood is, I don't know, obviously one of the most significant subjects for a Bible believer is the blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus makes the difference in your life between heaven and hell. And the blood of Jesus makes the difference in your life on the earth between blessing and cursing. And the blood of Jesus makes the difference in your life between being on the outside trying to get into God and being on the inside looking out. That's all by the blood. We're brought near by what? The blood of Christ. We're brought near by the blood of Christ. And so... Um, we ought to think about the blood. Or we ought to talk about the blood. We ought to pray about the blood because if you don't understand the power of the blood of Jesus, you'll get hung up in many areas of your life. Uh, if, you, if you have trouble because uh, you're always looking to yourself and you're always thinking about yourself, and, and you know, but you're a believer and you know like, hey, this is not about me. This is about Jesus. But you, well, why do I keep doing that? Uh, why do I keep being so self-centered? Uh, why do I keep, you know, messing up in this? Or maybe you're addicted to something and you're, 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 your spirit is so grieved because you're so addicted. And so you get so disappointed and you're like, why do I do that? What's wrong with me? And look into this and look into that. Maybe you just feel uh, other people are more spiritual than you. God loves other people more, or maybe he doesn't love them more. You know that he loves everybody the same, but it seems like, it just seems like other people have a closer walk with God than I do. Well, the answer is the blood of Jesus. Because the more you begin to focus on the blood and what the blood has done and the power of the blood, the less you can focus on yourself. And the less you can focus on what other people have done to you. And the less you can focus on other people's faults. Somebody said, I think it was, uh, I don't know who it was. Somebody said, 
that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will always reveal the blood of Christ. He'll always reveal the blood of Christ. You ever, you ever been around somebody with the gift of discernment? That's not in the Bible, by the way. Brother Hagin used to always say, uh, see, people think they have the gift of discernment, they'd turn it on themselves and they'd turn it off. <laughs> in other words, they're always like, let me tell you what the Lord revealed to me about you, what's wrong in your life. I have the gift of discernment and I'll tell you what you need to change. No, they need to focus on the blood of Jesus. Uh, the, the, the Lord will show you stuff that you're doing wrong. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But he always reveals the blood. In other words, uh, there is no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, he never, ever condemns you. He convicts the world of sin because they believe not on me. In other words, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Uh, uh, you know, for the world, I am a sinner, and uh, this is not good, and I'm going the wrong direction. But when he, even when he ministers that to the sinner, he ministers it with light and freedom, like here is the path. Come to the Father by the Son. And so uh, if you don't understand the blood of Jesus and what the blood of Jesus has done, you get stuck on a lot of hang-ups but if you have a lot of hang-ups or you have issues or you want to, like, go forward in God, you just focus on the blood. Uh, you just come. Why? Well, because uh, a thought may come, well, uh, other people are, are close to the Lord, not you. You can't go into the presence of God. Well, if you're coming based on what you can do, yeah, you'll come defeated. You'll, you know, James, let's look at James chapter 5 real quick, talking about Elijah. James chapter 5, verse 17 says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for the space of three years and six months. He prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. And so uh, it said that he was a man subject to like passions like us. You know what that means? He was subject to fleshing out. He was subject to losing his temper. He was subject to saying something he shouldn't have said. He was subject to getting distracted by something. You know, he actually said, you know, he, he commanded that rain, but right after that, he's like, I wish I was dead. Some people think he was actually suicidal, right? And then he, he kind of got full of pride. He's like, Lord, you know, because uh, uh, I'm the only one on all the earth who is never, you know, who follows you and who's your servant. And the Lord said, uh, you know, I have 7,000 who have never bowed the knee to Baal. Well, I love Elijah because uh, he lets us know that imperfect people can still be righteous. Yeah, he lets us know, in other words, that, and if you, I have a revelation I have a revelation for you. You are imperfect. <laughs> but there's freedom in imperfection when you know that it is Christ's perfection and it is his blood that fixes all of your imperfections, actually removes all of your sins, all, you know, iniquity in some translations or some ways, it has a, a, one meaning of it is it's like you have a bent. Like, well, our family all has short tempers, you could say. Or our family all this or all that. No, no, no. 
The blood of Jesus removes that iniquity, that pattern from your family line. The blood of Jesus will remove that. Well, you say, well, the blood of Jesus remove it, but, but uh, I'm noticing that I still do that. Well, that's because you're not living in light of the blood. You're living in light and you're, you're yielding to those things uh, that try to come. And the devil doesn't like to be dispossessed. He likes to have access and keep his territory. But in Christ, he has no ability because he has no authority to keep his ground. Because Jesus already, Jesus actually drove him out of that ground. He took him out of that place. And so what he wants to do is he wants to try to come back into that place. And if you'll let him, he will, even though you have authority over him. He's not in charge. You're in charge. Why? Because Jesus said, go into all the world. All authority, he said, all authority, end of, end of Matthew 28 there, uh, all authority has been delivered to me in heaven and earth. And now he said, go. In other words, I'm now giving that authority to you. So you go uh, into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And surely I am with you even to the end of the age. So in other words, uh, I have authority. I'm giving it to you, and I'm going to be with you. And he's not only with us, but by the Holy Spirit, he is in us. And so when we come by the blood and with the blood... We come with a purged conscience. In other words, uh, I could remember sometimes if I tried really hard and sometimes I wouldn't have to try very hard, mistakes and sins I have committed, right? I could remember those. But the blood of Jesus actually purges those from my conscience. So I'm no longer conscious of those things. And so even then, if I take my mind and I go back to those things, if I do that in light of the blood, they have lost their power. You ever hear somebody say, the man who did that is dead? Well, when Jesus was on the cross, you were on the cross with him. And if you identify in his death, you can identify also in his resurrection. So when he went to the cross and he died, your old man died with him. And all of your sins died on the cross. So all of your mistakes died on the cross. And so that only comes into clarity by the blood of Jesus. When you understand the blood of Jesus actually took the power of that memory to affect my conscience and removed it. So no longer do I have a guilty conscience. This is, this is probably the number one barrier to fellowship with God is what's called sin consciousness. That you are so conscious of your mistakes and you're so conscious of your weaknesses and you're so conscious of what you should have done. Uh, well, I know I should have done this and, well, I should have talked to them and, oh, I should have done. And then, you know, it's like, um, you ever notice when somebody dies, then uh, you get a lot of times people will like, well, it's, it's my fault because I didn't, I didn't say this. And, oh, it's my fault because this. And, well, you, you start talking to people, uh, you get along those lines, and you find out everybody feels like it's their fault that so-and-so passed away. 
because the flesh uh, gravitates towards that. But when you see things through the power of the blood of Jesus and the effect of the blood of Jesus, uh, it will change your perspective. And you will understand. Uh, in other words, if you feel like I'm not worthy to go into the presence of God, well, let me just ask you to think about this. How much power does the blood of Jesus have? What does the blood of Jesus represent? What did the blood of Jesus do? The blood of Jesus removed all of mankind's sins from the time that he died on the cross till all of mankind that lived prior to him dying on the cross till mankind that was alive while he died on the cross till all of mankind that would live. He took all of those sins and iniquities on him, on himself. He became a curse for us to remove the curse from us. And so all of that, and really he was as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So before God created the world and then created man on the world, Jesus was ordained as the lamb slain. And so when you start to think about and meditate, how perfectly can he take sin? This is God in the flesh. How much ability does he have to take every aspect and every sin and the depth of every sin and how every sin would affect your conscience? How much ability does God have to do that? Well, you think, well, God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-present. He's everywhere all the time. And he knows all things. And you can't, I love Psalm 139, you can way go up into the heavens, he's there. You go down to hell, he's there. You go far east, he's there. You go far west, he's there. You can't go anywhere where God is not. And so, the blood of Jesus takes care of every bit of lack and every bit of barrier that what you've done what your family's done, what someone else has done to you, the blood of Jesus removes all of those barriers. When you start to focus on the blood and you say, Lord, I, I just want to thank you for the blood. I, I want to thank you that, man, I, I, sometimes I become too familiar and too aware and too conscious of my weaknesses, of my failings. And I want to thank you that the blood of Jesus, your son, wiped all that out. The only time that that's not wiped out on your account is if that is your basis for coming to God. In other words, you're trying to establish your own righteousness. You're trying to make your own way. And when you do that, you will be more conscious of you than you are of God, even though you're saying, Father, I come in the name of Jesus. Your awareness is of the wrong thing. And we're to consider him. Don't consider yourself. Consider him who endured such contradiction of men. Yet he didn't waver because he was thinking about you for the joy that was set before him. He said, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. While he's up there on that cross, paying the price, being tortured, suffering, he's thinking about us. And so there's not, I don't think there's anybody in here that would ever 
you know, count the blood of Jesus an unworthy thing. But you know we accidentally do that sometimes when we don't come by the blood. When we say, Lord, I don't know, I just feel like you're not hearing me. I don't, when we don't have the boldness and the confidence to even go before him because of what we've done or because of what we thought or because of what someone did to hurt us. You know, essentially you're saying, I am acting more on these feelings and these thoughts and this conscience than I am on your word, which is really saying I believe this, not you. You know, that's a strong statement, and so I don't, I'm not trying to box anybody in there. But we all get there. And what, what's the decision then? We have to say, like, wait a second, what was I coming by before? <laughs> you know, the blood of Jesus. I need to come by the blood. And so the blood has freed me. So you can actually be in the pit of despair and start thinking about the blood of Jesus and how much power the blood of Jesus has and what the blood of Jesus has done over every situation of despair. And you can laugh in the pit of despair. And every laugh will raise you out of that pit and you'll be sitting on top. Why? Because look what the blood did. It's not about me anyhow. It's about the blood of Jesus. Uh, what do you have that you've not received? Right? So don't, don't sit around looking like, well, I'm good enough for this and, and I don't need all this stuff. And No, no, no. We all need the precious blood of Jesus that flowed from his veins. That blood that's actually forever, eternally on the heavenly holy of holies. And that blood is there speaking better things than that of Abel. Uh, it actually literally says more excellently than that blood of Abel. And the blood of Jesus is speaking. And it's not just speaking, uh, Jesus is worthy. That blood actually was delivered to your account and to my account. And that blood is saying, you are worthy in the sight of God. And that blood is saying, you know, the blood was how the priest came into that holy place. He would never go without blood. And so Jesus took his own blood. And so Jesus was a forerunner for us. That we might enter in, Hebrews 6.19, beyond the veil. You know, it actually says that is to say his flesh. Well, you need to get beyond the veil of your flesh. I need to get beyond the veil of my flesh. Because sometimes I'm too conscious of the veil of my flesh. What am I talking about? The weaknesses of my flesh. The desires of my flesh. The lusts of my flesh. The mistakes of my flesh. But you get uh, the blood of Jesus takes you beyond the veil. You apply the blood. Remember the Hebrew children for the firstborn, the plague that was coming? He said what? Apply the blood above the doorposts, on the doorposts and above the doorway. Apply the blood, the blood of the lamb. Why? Because the death angel will pass over when he sees the blood. The blood of Jesus is your key to fellowship with God. The blood of Jesus is your key to get free from your fleshly junk. I'm saying if you're struggling in an area, you start thinking about the blood. You start talking about the blood. Why? Because the blood of Jesus set you free. And the blood of Jesus gave you access to God himself. So you have trouble getting in the presence of God. Well, don't try to get in the presence of God. You just start praying, and you start thanking God for the blood, 
and you, you make yourself think about what the blood has done. Like, like, let me give you an example. Like, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you that it's not what I have done or what I could do or what I desired to do that makes any difference whatsoever for me to come to you. But I thank you it is all about the blood of Jesus. And I thank you that his blood, uh, to, to the greatest extent, the most possible extent, to in eternity, that his blood has given me the ability to come in with my head up and to talk with you. That his blood has removed all of my sins, all of the, the patterns of sinful behavior. That his blood actually has made me a saint. That I am one of your children in your family because of the blood. Thank you that that blood surrounds me on every side. That that blood makes a pathway that I can walk in an eternal pathway. That you have actually, with that blood, made an eternal covenant with me. That you'll never leave me or forsake me. That you won't leave me outside, but you bring me in, you bring me close. That that blood has actually caused me to come into your family. That now I'm not just someone from outside looking in, but I am one of your children. That you're my own father and that you deal with me as a son. Oh, Father, that you show me things, that you teach me like a father teaches his own child, that you teach me and lead me and guide me and show me the way because of the blood. Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Right? You just stir yourself up about the blood. All of a sudden you realize you stop thinking about all your stuff. Sometimes that's a, that's a thing too. You just be stuck on all your stuff. I'm talking about prosperity, natural things. That, you're, that you're, you're hung up on the power of stuff. Not the power of stuff, but what, what's the right word? That you're hung up on the influence of the stuff. That you just like, you're like, no, but I, I really want this. I, I really need this. I, you know, and, and so maybe you're not even honoring the Lord with the tithe because you're so uh, trying to get the stuff, get the stuff, get the stuff. Remember Solomon? He got the stuff. Because he didn't ask for the stuff. His motives weren't wrong. He's like, Lord, give me wisdom because I've got to lead all these people. And he said, because you didn't ask for riches and wealth, I'm going to give you wisdom and riches and wealth. Jesus said the reason that we don't have stuff is because uh, we don't ask or because we ask with the wrong motives to heap it upon ourselves. God wants to bless us. He wants to increase us. But he doesn't want the wealth to destroy us. And so we seek him first in his kingdom. All that stuff will take care of itself. It will be added unto you. Uh, you. You seek him. You follow him. Uh, he wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. But if you put the cart before the horse, uh, that is a really difficult way to tote something. You're going to try to back it up, you know. I got this. Very difficult. But the blood of Jesus will even free you from the focus of natural earthly things. That you're like, how come I'm so focused on this? I know I shouldn't want this. I know I shouldn't be focused on this, but I really want this so bad. Or like relationships. Sometimes people want a relationship so bad, and yet they have on the inside an unction from the Holy One. Put that thing on pause. Don't go down that route. Guard your heart with all diligence. 
Yet sometimes your flesh is like, I want this relationship. I want this relationship so bad. Uh, I need this relationship, and I'm going after this relationship. Sometimes people do that with jobs too. This is my dream job. I have to have it. I have to have it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Your heart is the issue, and if you come by the blood of Jesus, you can just say, you know what, Lord, I, I, I think I want this, but really I think I'm too involved because you keep prompting me. You, you keep kind of nudging me, and uh, I, I'm not going to go down the wrong path. So I'm just going to back up a little bit, and I thank you for the blood of Jesus because that blood is the reason your spirit can even come and live on the inside of me. You know, in Corinthians, I think it's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 or 4 right there. It, the word says, um, you know, what man knows the things of a man save the spirit, uh, the, the spirit of a man? Even so, no man knows the things of God save the spirit of God that's in him. You, know, you remember that scripture? It says the spirit searches the deep things of God. Uh, let, let, let's turn over there real quick. Let's turn over there. That's such a good scripture. Is it two? Yeah. First Corinthians chapter two. Mm, let's start with verse nine. But as it's written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Whew, that's good. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has not even entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him. I mean, he has prepared. As good as God can prepare, as good as God is, you know, like you, you might say, that's good, that's good, that's really good. Like, uh, you know, I don't want let to the, let the cat out of the bag, but I will say this, if, if you like um, sweet potato casserole, <laughs> Jessica, whose birthday is today, happy birthday, Jessica, makes the awesome sweet potato, sweet potato casserole. But as good as Jessica can make that sweet potato casserole, and as good as she knows how to make that, imagine if God made you sweet potato casserole. No offense, but yours would be like in the trash, right? <laughs> in other words, God knows how to do something. He knows how to prepare it. I mean, he made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And, and he made you. He made your taste buds. And he made those, those uh, vegetables and fruits and everything uh, to, to interact. He, he made food to be good. For it to taste good. If you have a problem with your taste buds, you rebuke that in the name of Jesus or your, your nasal passages or whatever, that you can grow old and you can be healthy while you grow old and you can taste everything the whole way. Amen. Amen. I rebuke that. You don't, you don't take that. That is not the plan of God. That is a curse from the enemy. And, 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 and pe well-meaning people want to say, well, that just happens and that just, you know, I, I don't care. You say, I don't know about all that, but I know about the blood. I know that the blood can take care of that, and I know the blood did take care of that, and I'm not going to live on the sidelines and thinking, well, I wonder if it affects me. No, it affects me. 
It affects every aspect of my life. And so, um, but as it's written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Glory to God. That's not just in heaven. The things he's prepared for you now. Mm. But God has revealed them to us. Hallelujah. By his spirit. In other words, if you're not yielded to the Holy Spirit, how are you going to know the stuff he's prepared for you? You're not. Because he's revealed them, but by his spirit. So if you're not yielded to the Holy Spirit, you're not going to see those things. You're not going to know those things. And so what happened is I... <laughs> Praise God. Glory to God. I got like a flash, you know. And so, so what happened is I, I, I thank God I was born again at a young age. And, um, and, and I, you know, somebody say, like, somebody's testimony, this guy in Michigan, he had a testimony, and he was in a gang, and he had bullet holes in him and everything, and he came to the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. That's awesome. But I was preserved and protected by God. Uh, I was born again at a young age, and, and he protected me, and that's a good testimony, too. It's not as vivid, maybe, for some people, but wow, I didn't have to go through some of the hell that some people went through because of God's grace and God's mercy. And so, uh, anyhow... I, I, I was never, I was not filled with the Spirit. I was born again of the Spirit, but I was not filled with the Spirit. And so what happened when I got filled with the Spirit is I, I began to speak in other tongues, kind of whisper in other tongues. That's more my personality. And so uh, all of a sudden, I just began to speak. And man, it was the most peaceful, blessed thing. And so, but when that happened, I like to say I got a new Bible because I Bible quizzed. I had all this stuff highlighted and I knew the stuff here. But then when I, when I looked at it again and read it, I was reading with my Spirit. Because all of a sudden I had more light because I had more of the Holy Spirit. I yielded more of myself to him. And so, uh, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. And so when I was baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden these things that I knew nothing about, I, I only saw them from the outside from a natural way. And I was around some denominational people that some would criticize. Most people just didn't know anything about it. And so uh, people would be a little bit judgmental. But the second that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I didn't even realize it happened. But like I became like judgmental went away because I started to get light. The Spirit was revealing to me the things of God. And so while I was receiving, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I began to speak in other tongues, which was, which was foreign to me. I didn't understand all of that. But then all of a sudden, I look down in my spirit, and I'm like, hmm, I've never been taught this. But I was like, you know what they're saying about healing, that it's God's will to heal everyone? That's right. Like, that witness in my spirit. Why? Because he's revealed them to us by his spirit, what, the things that God has planned for them. So God doesn't have a plan for you to be sick, to go through life sick, to go through life hurting, uh, physically hurting, emotionally hurting, mentally hurting. He, he doesn't have a plan for you to, you know, and, and the, the, the way to get on his plan is to get born again. Because if you're not born again, you're outside the family. 
the protection's on the family. The healing's on the family. Do you remember the Syrophoenician woman? Jesus is going around healing. Well, who was he healing? Jewish people. She was Syrophoenician. She wasn't Jewish. Right? She said, she said Lord, even the, the dogs get to eat the crumbs. She's like, can I, can I have just what a, do a dog share? You know what a dog share was? Complete health and healing in her body. He came to fulfill the law. Don't, don't, don't get distracted. Uh, by his stripes, he healed all mankind. But when you get in the family, healing is the children's bread. As a child of God, Healing is your food. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, for the Spirit searches all things, oh, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of the man which is in him, even so the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet himself is, he himself is judge of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So he said, no man knows the things of the Spirit of God except, uh, of God, except the Spirit of God. And so he gave us his spirit. So he gave us the part of his being that knows the most deep and intimate things of him. He gave us the dearest part to the inside of him. Imagine this, like your husband, your wife, your best friend, uh, whatever your closest earthly relationship is. Supposedly, they know the most about you. Yeah, you hear people that have been married for 70 years, and they're like, I'm still learning about my husband. I'm still learning about my wife. What? Sometimes you don't even know about yourself. You have to draw it up from your spirit. Well, what do I really believe about this? What do I really think about this? That's from your most inward part. That's the part of God he gave to you, that you could know the deep and intimate things of God, the motives of God, the thoughts of God. He's, he's not like hey, you're going to be part of my family and you're going to know my flesh, so here's my flesh. He's like, you're going to, I'm going to give you my knowledge. Here's my knowledge. He said, no, I'm giving you my spirit and my spirit will live in you forever. In fact, when this happens, you will have a seal. Like circumcision was a seal on the male children, you will actually have this Holy Spirit of promise that you are sealed or there is like a, 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 a you are forever marked of God in the spirit that you belong to God hallelujah <laughs> that is awesome 
In other words, when the devil comes and looks, he's a spirit. He looks, he sees that seal on you. This belongs to God. This has the authority of God. This is the seal of God. So when you speak in, the, in Christ by the word of God, the devil has to honor that because he has been defeated by that. You say, oh, no, you don't. Uh, this is not just Tim Ostrom coming. This is Tim, a child of God Almighty. And I have the seal to prove it, like Superman. <laughs> right? You have the seal. We'll talk about that later. I don't, I don't know what you're laughing at. I don't know what you're laughing at. Don't distract me. The blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. When we come to God, when we approach God, when we approach the things of God, I mean, when you go to read the word, you, you ought to say, I'm going to feed my spirit on the word of God. I have the blood of Jesus. That blood gives me access to the deep things of God. It is a doctrine of devils that churches are not supposed to be spiritual. We are a spiritual people. Paul said, you should be ready for meat, but you're only ready for milk because you're too carnal. He said, we speak spiritual things to them that are spiritual. So the assembly of believers is actually a spiritual exercise of spiritual people who come together to receive spiritual things and do spiritual authoritative actions. Amen. We're out of time, I believe. Stand with me if you would. <coughs> Father, we thank you for the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you that that blood speaking for every one of us right now, that that blood right now removes our sins, removes our iniquities, removes our pattern of bad behavior, that that blood right now gives us access into your very throne and into your very presence. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you have never received the blood of Jesus, in other words, I'm not here with some liquid, liquid blood to pour down your throat. No, what I'm saying is you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. He loves you. He died for you. That blood that he took to the Holy of Holies, the real holy place, God's holy place, he took that blood, his own blood, for you so that you could live with him forever. That there is a hell, and it's a horrible, horrible place. But there is heaven. The, the, the hell itself was prepared for the devil and his demons. Hell was never prepared for a human. Hell, God's plan was never that a man would go to hell, that a woman would go to hell, that an old person would go to hell, that a young person would go to hell. God's plan was that we would all spend forever and ever eternity with him in heaven. But the only way to get access to his family and to get to heaven is to receive his son, Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You cannot come to God because of what you have done, bad or good. Uh, you cannot come to God because of your intentions, bad or good. The only way to come to the Father is through Jesus Christ, his son. I want to invite you right now, if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, don't wait another minute. Uh, if, when the Spirit of God is moving upon you, you respond to Him. Uh, 
uh, he loves you and he's made a plan for you. Slip up your hand if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Number two, if you're here this morning, uh, and just slip up your hand real tall so I can see it so I don't miss it. And number uh, two, if you're here this morning and you were living for the Lord but you got distracted and started focusing on other things and you know in your heart, I need to come back to God. I, you know, I don't know if I'm born again or not. I don't know what happened. I don't know how I strayed. I just know I need to come back. I just know I need to, I need to get things right with God. If that's you, I want to pray with you. Slip up your hand. I'll pray with you and for you. And number three, if you've never been filled with the Spirit but you'd like to be. Oh, man, what, 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 what an intimate place with God. What, what, a, what a closeness you get with Him. He, he'll open up so many things to you, and, and, and He loves you and wants this for you. If you'd like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, slip up your hand. We'll pray with you uh, and for you. God loves you. Uh, he's made this for you. He wants to show you the, the most intimate parts of who He is, His plans. He actually he said, I'll show you things to come. You won't be caught off guard by the future. Hallelujah. Father, we, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your plan for us, for your plan for the world, for your plan for the lost. We thank you, Father, that, you, that your heart cries for the lost. And, Father, we, we join with you in that. Father, we pray for all of those in the D.C. area that don't know Jesus Christ. Father, I pray right now for every believer in this vicinity, even those that come traveling to this area. Father, I pray that there would be such an unction and such words from you to speak to those that we come in contact with. We ask, Father, for great opportunities to testify of the love, the life, and the freedom of Jesus. Father, I thank you that the fields are already ripe. They're ready to be picked. Father, I thank you that each of us is well able to, to speak for you. We thank you, Father, that you confirm your word, your gospel message with signs following. We thank you for opportunities. We thank you for your love for every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.